The Tapper Teacher Training is an annual retreat for homeschooling parents, a live in-person gathering that brings together heart-centered homeschoolers from all over the world for hands-on learning, community, connection, and fun. And I'd love to see you at Taproot 2024. We'll gather August 1st through 4th at a camp in Northeastern Ohio for a long weekend of engaging workshops, hiking and yoga, and personal reflection. Taproot gives everyone a chance to experience and practice singing, painting, and building main lessons in order to foster a deeper understanding of the hands-on, Waldorf-inspired approach. A team of experienced homeschoolers offer guidance rooted in each of their family's life to help bring you more joy to yours. This is our 18th year of offering this amazing experience. You can learn more at artofhomeschooling.com slash taproot2024. You're listening to the Art of Homeschooling podcast, where we help parents cultivate creativity and connection at home. I'm your host, Jean Miller, and here on this podcast, you'll find stories and inspiration to bring you the confidence you need to make homeschooling work for your family. Let's begin. long for a holiday season that's restful, replenishing, and restorative, don't we? But instead, we often feel overworked, overloaded, overwhelmed, overstimulated. Oh, as homeschooling parents, the holiday season can be a challenging time of year. Just know that you are not alone, my friend. Welcome to episode 56, where I want to share with you some tips for keeping the holidays simple and delightful this year. Let me say uh, up front before we dive in that if you enjoy this episode, there's more where this came from. I've had lots of conversations over the years with my colleagues who are also simplicity parenting family life coaches like me about how to simplify the holidays. And inside my Homeschool with Waldorf membership, I've created a simplicity holidays masterclass that the membership community focuses on every November. And this year, we're adding a masterclass called Rituals and Reflections for Advent and Solstice. Come join us if you want more support and guidance on how to simplify your holiday season. In addition to recorded masterclasses, we have three coaching calls a month in the membership where you can get my support and that of other homeschooling parents. We offer verses and songs each month and a private community for conversations and connection. So you can check out all the details at artofhomeschooling.com slash homeschool with Waldorf. 
How do we bring simplicity to our holiday season? That is the question here. First, let's talk about what exactly is it that we want from this season? Many of us want to unplug that holiday machine and begin to create a season for our family that's less hectic and more filled with playful moments and treasured memories. And so using the principles of simplicity parenting, we're going to explore today how to begin making small doable changes in four different areas of family life that can move us toward more satisfying and meaningful holiday celebrations. There's a principle from the Simplicity Parenting book by Kim John Payne that's a really helpful place to start. It's the idea of a soul fever, which is when a child or a parent uh, is overwhelmed and disoriented and really unable to be at his or her best. As we all know, even though we long for a holiday season that's replenishing and restorative, this can also be a stressful time when we feel rushed, overscheduled, cluttered, and perhaps even oversugared. <laughs> we might even think of this as a holiday soul fever when many of us in our households might not be at our best. So the question becomes, how do we prevent or reduce a holiday soul fever? The four pillars of simplicity from the Simplicity Parenting book and movement can be a wonderful guide during the holiday season. Staying close to our family values and hopes of peace, connection, and joy can help us say no thanks to the extra decorations or cookies or gifts or late nights. So here is how we can begin keeping the holidays simple and delightful this year. And I'm going to go through the four pillars of simplicity that come from the Simplicity Parenting book and movement. So first, within our home environment, we can limit the decorations, the stuff, right, to those decorations that add uh, a distinct beauty, of uh, special meaning or memory in our family. We can even make an extra effort to clear out some of the spaces in our homes before the holiday season even begins. And then when it comes to gifts, we might request from relatives and in-laws that they focus on what are known as experience gifts for our children this year, such as music or art lessons, any kind of lessons, uh, an annual membership to a place like a museum or the botanical gardens. Uh, in our family for years, my mom gave us an annual membership to either the zoo or the natural history museum. She'd alternate between those two every year. And my kids, we all loved that. You might even ask family members to make a donation to an organization, perhaps, that's near and dear to your heart and to your family. 
Okay. In the realm of rhythm, like daily rhythm, weekly rhythm, the flow of our day and the time that we exist in, we want to think about how we can maintain a sense of balance each day throughout this season. By continuing to wake up and go to sleep at the same time every day or recite, remember to recite our familiar blessings at mealtime and at bedtime. Uh, By keeping our chore rhythms going, all of this can really help a lot to keep those anchor points of our family life stable during a busy season. Making a meal plan for healthy eating can be a great thing to do before the holidays begin. Next comes recognizing when we're overscheduled and limiting the number of events that we say yes to. This can really go a long way to reducing holiday soul fever. I like to Remember the concept of alternating active and calm days. So if you have a super active day, then be sure the next day you're you're home most of the time. We can also bookend really busy times with connection to nature and unstructured time at home. Engaging children in holiday baking or wonderful seasonal read aloud books. Uh, Making handmade gifts can also be uh, really sweet ways to simplify our schedule, to reconnect with each other as a family and cultivate creativity. Downtime can really help us maintain a sense of balance during a busy holiday season. And then the fourth pillar is filtering out the adult world. It's an additional way to build resilience and reduce holiday soul fever. We, we want to be mindful, right, of the adult conversations that are happening around the holiday table, perhaps in the playroom where the cousins are all gathering. Uh, it's not always easy, right, to mitigate this kind of thing, but it can be really helpful to be mindful of it and request a bit of filtering on the part of the adults for the sake of all the children. Reducing holiday soul fever is doable. Fill your heart with memories of golden moments from your own childhood, and that will help you get in touch with those values and what you want to bring to your family this year. Simplify wherever you can, and remember to focus on small changes, small doable changes, because when we try to change everything at once, it often doesn't work. And then you and your family can keep the holidays simple and delightful this year. That is my hope for you. All right. I have a little bonus for you now. Here are some questions that I've been asked on coaching calls inside my membership. And these questions are related to simplifying the holidays and homeschooling at this time of the year. So first question. Do you have any tips on decluttering and purging in the lead up to this uh, giving season so that our homes don't explode? (laughs) 
especially with regard to a child who doesn't want to give anything up, but is too old for me to quietly take things away from his closet. He's a very melancholic child. All right. I find that one of the very best ways to uh, simplify toys or, or declutter toys with older kids and melancholic children in particular is to ask them to choose some toys that they might like to give to children who don't have any. Often kids respond to this request because they experience deep empathy and find it hard to even believe that other children might not have toys. If children really have a hard time giving things up, there's another way, good way that you might handle this. And that is to simply take half the toys and put them away in your rotating toy library that you can switch out monthly or seasonally. That way you have fewer toys out in the environment, fewer toys to play with, to clean up, and you can rotate the collection for, for a new uh set of toys periodically. And a great question to ask yourself in this situation is what benefits would our family enjoy from reducing the amount of toys, books, games, stuff that we have in our house? I mean, really sit with that question. Give yourself five minutes to sit with it and maybe even journal about it and ask your partner to do the same and then share with each other. I've found over the years that when we can get in touch with that feeling and also imagine or picture the simplicity, picture a cleared out space, a, a space that has plenty of breathing room in it, we feel the conviction in our hearts, not just in our heads, and this can make it easier to stay committed to this change. Second question here goes. I would love to have a sampling of crafting and homemade gift ideas suitable for different ages so that I don't have to search and search. Inspiration and ways Waldorf-inspired homeschoolers get through the December holidays. Well, you're in luck. I love this question because that's exactly what we have inside the Homeschool with Waldorf membership. Every December, we do a Handwork Plus Stories Masterclass. We refresh it every year where we pair a wonderful children's book with a handwork project so that you can do one a week for the month of December and throughout the holiday season. It's a really great, simple rhythm uh, for homeschooling through the holidays. So when you join the membership, you get access to all new and previous masterclasses, plus a warm and welcoming community of homeschoolers who share what's working for them. I love that part. So artofhomeschooling.com slash homeschool with Waldorf. Question number three, do you have any tips for recovering from the holidays? I find that even though our celebrations are simple and we limit the outings and the gifts, it takes weeks to get back to a rhythm and catch up on all the self-care, home care, cleanup of decorations, finding new homes for all of our new belongings. 
uh, and the purging that needs to happen after all is said and done. And we always seem to get sick in there too. How do we get back to homeschooling without neglecting everything else once January comes? Oh, such a good question. The answer really, I think, is schedule in the time. And I mean schedule in the time that includes the entire family in this process. We often didn't start back to lessons, to homeschooling lessons, until at least the second week in January so that we could do all that wrap up. To me, this is is like the beginning of the homeschool year only even harder in my opinion, because we're often tired from the holidays and the year is no longer new, right? It's not new and fresh. Uh, It's not a fresh start. So I think it's important to acknowledge that. And just like the beginning of the year, I like to layer things in. We almost always need to refresh our rhythm. And that is a really good starting point. Those anchor points in the day. Um, so take a week, take a few days at least, or a week to get those anchor points back, like bedtimes, mealtimes, and rituals while you're doing the cleanup, uh, and extra self-care. And then when you, uh, after you get all of that in place and when you begin lessons again, add in something new, something like a game or a fun resource that's really hands-on and playful and maybe a surprise, right? Or something different than what you've been doing uh, for the first half of the year. All right. Last question here. How can our holiday traditions evolve as our children get older. I'm already seeing a shift this year in some of the younger themed traditions that we've had that are no longer of interest to my older kids. Such a good question. Festivals and holiday celebrations have a way of connecting us, right? They connect us to something deeper. So I think that the first part of this answer to this is that you know, what do the celebrations mean to us as adults? And then we can see our children as they get older there. Um, we can see, we can picture a bridge from those um, wonderful, simple, fun holiday celebrations that we create for little ones. We bridge that to where we connect with the holidays as adults. So don't give up on them, right? Don't give up on those celebrations of festivals and beautiful holidays as your kids get older. It's just time to transition to something more age appropriate and give them a role in the holiday itself. One way to make this shift is to invite older children to learn a piece of music, perhaps, or put on a puppet show for the younger children. If you don't have younger children, they could do it for younger cousins or children in the neighborhood or something like that. Older kids can also take on roles that you've traditionally done as the parent. You might invite them to help you make the plan for the holiday celebration. I find the best way to handle this is to ask your children which of the familiar rituals or uh, pieces of the celebration do they want to continue with and how might they want to be a part of the planning and leading 
of the activities. Oftentimes when I've asked kids who are age maybe 10 to 12, I've been surprised by their answers. Things that I thought they would they wouldn't want to continue doing, they've wanted to keep as part of the celebration and then other times they've wanted to let go of things that maybe I wanted to hold on to. But it's a co- more collaborative effort effort, a more more of a partnership as your kids get older. So there you have it. Lots of ideas for keeping the holidays simple and delightful this year. If you're anticipating an onslaught of too much stuff this holiday season, or you're worried about your rhythm and routines flying out the window, or you're expecting house guests and not sure how you're going to handle it all, please come join me inside Homeschool with Waldorf in November, where we'll be focusing on setting up for simplicity holidays. And then in December, we have Handwork Plus Stories for a simple homeschooling rhythm that you can bring to your whole family with kids of all ages. So all the details, once again, are artofhomeschooling.com slash homeschool with Waldorf. Ah, The holidays are meant to bring us closer together as a family, not stress us out. This year, consider some new approaches to keep holiday soul fever at bay using the power of less to bring more calm and security to yourself, your children, and your family. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode. You can find the show notes over at artofhomeschooling.com slash episode 56. That's all for today, my friend. But here's what I want you to remember. Rather than perfection, let's focus on connection. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Art of Homeschooling podcast. Mm